The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 30 podcast i'm one of your hosts my name is jimmy and with me as always is the other host of the show Tech. hey out there in podcast land how are you <laughs> and on this podcast we celebrate the iconic tv show the brady bunch as we break down the bunch one episode at a time what we do tech as you know mm-hmm. we take the episode yep we break it down every single fucking week we give it a chance to show its worth only to see it melt in front of our very eyes. Aww. All for you, the listener. Get it? Aww. Melt? You see that? No. Ice I mean, cream? I yep. made that shit up on my own. Damn. On today's episode, we look at season five, episode seven, entitled Marsha Gets Cream. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. No. Sorry, that was wrong. <clears throat> if you haven't watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to. But it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, Paramount Plus, and Amazon Prime. So what's up? Nothing. How are you? Oh, kind of uh, I didn't ask how your week was. I didn't ask how your week was. I just asked what was up. Okay. Uh, Not too much. What's up with you? Not a whole lot. How's your week? Oh, it was... Fine is... Finally, ah. one kind of dandy. What is it? Chatty. Chatty. Kind of chatty. Yes. <laughs> At this point, the audience knows and you don't. And that's funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had something interesting happen today. Oh, what's that? Right? I'm feeding all the snakes, although that is interesting. Yeah. That's not interesting for me. Yeah. Um, and there's a knock at the door, right? That's not the uh-huh. interesting part either. Oh, okay. So I open up the door and there's this kid that's probably like 10 years old mm-hmm. wearing a green and black helmet with a like green a motorcycle mohawk. helmet yeah with a with a green mohawk going down the center okay so i'm like hey and i'm thinking in my head he's gonna try to sell me like you know boy scout calendars or something i don't know i'd never <laughs> seen this kid before so i was thinking this kid's pretty brave for knocking on my door i mean seeing that i've never seen him all right, can you pause for a second? Sure. What is a Boy Scout calendar? Because <laughs> in my head, oh, I'm thinking of something really weird and creepy. <laughs> no, like down, I don't know how it is in the rest of the United States, but down here, the girls, the Girl Scouts sell cookies, obviously. Right, yeah. The Boy Scouts for a while were selling like calendars. Okay. Like different so types of calendars. these are pictures of like Boy Scouts and like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> risque, no, I even like, double checked when they sold them to make sure they just give you a dirty look. Like, you know, how dare you ask that? I'm trying to clarify. But, um, but what yeah. month are you there, big boy? <laughs> <laughs> but I was trying to, I, I thought this kid was going to try to sell me something. So I'm like, hey, what's up? Yeah. And he goes, excuse me, sir. And the, <laughs> I'm not trying to make fun of the kid, but this is what he said. Okay. Excuse me, sir. But I, I accidentally. I'm like, whoa, time out. No. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I accidentally and I and he points and his his dad is out by the road by the mailbox. Yeah. So I'm like, what happened? 
And he goes, I accidentally hit your mailbox. He was riding one of those little Coleman dirt bikes. You know what I'm talking about? He was riding up and down the street and he actually ran into my mailbox. Hmm. And I was like, so immediately I go into dad mode, even though his dad is there. (laughs) I stop and I'm like, well, hold on a second. Are you okay? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. I'm like, no, stop for a second. Um, Stop and think for a second. You got to play the music while you talk. Oh, do I? Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, stop for a second. Are you okay? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. I'm like, no. Are you okay? He's like, yes, sir. Anyways, it didn't really go like that, but I did ask him (laughs) twice if he was okay. And he's like, yeah. I said, then that's all that matters. So let's go see what's going on. So I walk down to the road and his dad is out by the road and his dad like has his bike stand and he's like, is trying to fix the mailbox. And he's like, yeah, my son smacked right into your mailbox and twit. He's like, I'll help you fix it. I was like, I'm just worried that your son's okay. Is your son really okay? Cause he hit a freaking mailbox and it's like a four by four post mailbox. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. That's now cracked. <laughs> <laughs> and this 10 year old kid hit it on a motorcycle enough to crack it. <laughs> So like, are you sure he's okay? And he's like, yeah, hey, yeah, he's fine. Okay. And he's like, well, I'll help you pay for it. I was like, I know you don't have to worry about helping me pay for it. I'm just more concerned about your, your kid is okay. I said, to be honest with you, my wife's been bugging me to fix this thing anyways, because it's like leaning off to the side. Hmm. So me and Jake, my oldest go to Lowe's and we buy the wooden thing to fix it. And um, so we come back and we're putting it in the ground and a car pulls up and stops and it's the kid's mom now. She's like, are you <laughs> sure you don't want us to pay for that? I'm like, I'm just, I'm just worried about your son. Like I, he hit a four by four mailbox going, who knows how fast enough to crack it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just worried that he's okay. And in my head, I'm thinking, I just don't want you like trying to sue my ass off because your, you know, son hit my freaking mailbox. Anyways, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we fixed the mailbox. It's already fixed, but I felt really bad for the kid. And I'm sitting there thinking like, if it was me and like Luke or somebody broke somebody's mailbox, I would walk up to the door with him because a, I've never met this neighbor before. And B, <laughs> yeah. how do you know the neighbor's not going to be super pissed off and start screaming at your yeah. kid and you're not even there to defend him. But C, it's the scariest thing this kid's been through probably in his entire life. <laughs> and he's having to knock on some stranger's door, not knowing what's going to happen. I felt horrible <laughs> for this kid. I felt so bad for this kid. Yeah. And maybe I'm just getting soft in my old age, <laughs> but me and you both know if I would have been having a bad day, anxiety wise, <laughs> I would have went <laughs> off on this kid. I would have said something that really would have hurt this kid's feelings. So I felt really bad for this kid. Really, really <laughs> bad for this kid. So the mom told me, she was like, well, if you ever need your yard picked up or anything, he'll be more than happy to do it. And she turns him. She's like, right. <laughs> and he's like, yes, ma'am. I told him, I, was, I told him, I said, he's been through enough. He, he's obviously sorry. He's upset. Just, it's okay. <laughs> so yeah, that was my excitement for the day. <laughs> well, I mean, how would, would you have felt bad for him? Or would you have been like, no, fuck that. Go fix my mailbox. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Good. Cause I'm about to kick your fucking ass down this fucking driveway. <laughs> I even told the dad, I'm like, listen, I ride motorcycles. I know what it's like. And I know how easy it is to hurt yourself. So I was like, <laughs> I'm just worried that your son's okay. You know what hmm. I mean? Yeah. And then you could have been like, uh, hmm, this never happened to my son because I'm always around. So it didn't happen to my son because he's not stupid enough to ride a motorcycle dirt bike <laughs> up and down the main street. How about that? <laughs> and usually I'm right there watching him the whole time too. So, you know. Like, why did it's you okay. buy your son a dirt bike with no brakes? 
Oh, it's got brakes. Oh, oh, it does have brakes. Oh, so it doesn't steer is what you're telling me. Oh, it does steer. Huh. Huh. So your son's stupid is what you're saying. No, I'm teasing. Sorry. No, yeah, yeah. I probably would have handled the same exact way. So. Yeah. I just, I yeah. felt so bad for it because this poor kid looked like he was absolutely, like he was expecting me to just freaking lay into him. And then, of course, your mind gets going as an adult with kids. You, your mind gets going. You're like, well, what's happened to this kid at home? Why is he so afraid about, you know what I mean? You know, he got home and like probably got his ass whipped. So I just felt <laughs> bad for him. I felt really bad for this kid. Now I got to go over there and deal with some whatever fucking maniac is on the other side of that yeah. door. And then he's probably like, I'll do it for you. You're goddamn right. You're going to do it. Well, see, because this kid, like this family, they ride their go-karts up and down the street sometimes. They ride a four-wheeler up on the street sometimes. His little Coleman dirt bike up and down the street sometimes. Hmm. None of the neighbors complain because we live on that kind of street. Like everybody's friends. We don't really care. But I think they kind of know that they probably shouldn't be doing it. And now (laughs) he wiped out somebody's mailbox. So I got a feeling now they're going to be like, great. Now we can't have fun because fucking Timmy over here, you know, (laughs) that that guy's mailbox. That's weird that the off-road vehicles don't do well on road. Strange. (laughs) I'm just glad that I had a weak mailbox because if that kid would have ran into like a concrete mailbox or something, he could have got seriously (laughs) hurt. (laughs) Well, he was wearing a helmet, so. (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah, that was my excitement for the day. Not very funny, but it was my excitement for the day. Well, fun. You were looks looks like you were uh, Johnny on the spot on that getting it fixed already. So yeah, yep. Yeah. Went to Lowe's and got the piece of wood thing, and Jake helped me dig the hole. And we've gotten pretty good at digging holes the past few years. It seems like. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we dug the hole, and uh, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Got to show Jake how to drill a pilot hole, and you know, put mm. in a screw. So it was, it was kind of fun. It was, it was a good experience. Mm. Well, good. Hell good. yeah. Now, if that kid hit, hits it, he's going to the emergency room. That <laughs> thing is beefy. So we'll see. Nice. Nice. Yep. But I told the mom, I was like, I, I doubt he'll do that again. And she's like, oh, he is definitely not going to do that again. So, <laughs> well, he learned his lesson. He didn't get hurt. He didn't get seriously injured. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, unless you have an interesting story, you don't have any interesting stories. No interesting like, stories. From happened today? Like, no, no, this week. No, I don't. Th- Wait, is there something that you remember that <laughs> I love doing? Because all I got to do, like, all I got to do is say, "You're sure you have no interesting <laughs> stories." That's all I have to say. And you're like, "Wait a minute, what? Do I?" I know. I don't want to be halfway through the episode and go, "Oh shit, I forgot I got abducted no, no, by aliens no, this week." No, I don't know. If I totally forgot. But oh, gotcha. Yeah, eh, no, nothing exciting. I like hmm. it nice and quiet. So. Hmm. Okay. All right. In that case, uh, we're going to take a, a quick break so we can, you know, mm-hmm. refill our, our water bottles and we can uh, refill the toilet. <laughs> All right. So let's take our first break. And when we come back, we are going to dive into this. Mm-hmm. So uh, we will be back. comic book fan we've got a few questions for you were you obsessed with x-men as a kid did you stand in line to get a copy of the death of superman in the black poly bag did you buy every image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves then have we got the show for you 
Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation in our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more. You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. And remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. back okay so we have the brady bunch season five episode seven entitled marcia gets creamed oh, oh yeah. yeah she does oh yeah some facts <laughs> let's get into this some facts about the episode this first aired october 26th 1973 mm. written by ben gershwin and bill friedman directed by peter baldwin mm-hmm. is that like one of the baldwins you asked that last time. I don't know. Oh, okay. I didn't look it up. According to IMDb, Kimberly Beck, who plays Jeff's new girlfriend in this episode, also appeared in the famous Davy Jones episode in season three. Hmm. She also starred as the final girl in Friday the 13th, part four. I don't know what that means. The final girl. Like the last girl alive. Because you know how in horror movies, there's always one last girl, like, you know, in Halloween, so obviously, she was Jamie like Lee Curtis. the winner of that movie? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Gotcha. And Mr. Haskell also voiced Fred Flintstone. That's weird. I didn't know that. Um, yes. Because Fred Flintstone always had such an iconic voice. I mm-hmm. always thought, you know, and uh, I don't know, I didn't hear it. I didn't notice it. Um but now I want to go back and rewatch it now that I know that fact. <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, it's just like it. Mickey Mouse, like spoiler alert, just like Mickey Mouse over the years is played by different people. Yeah. He was one of the people voice to do. Yeah. He was one <laughs> of the people to voice. Like in the movie, uh, the Flintstones meet the Jetsons. Yeah. He was Fred Flintstone. Mm, so he okay. was on Fred. He was on the Simpsons playing Fred Flintstone. He was on uh, the weird Al show playing Fred Flintstone. They did a, uh, <clears throat> they did a cutaway gag on Family Guy one time where it was Fred Flintstone. And I don't know who did the voice of Fred Flintstone, but he, it was, he nailed it. Whoever did it. It was, was probably just like Seth What's-His-Face. <laughs> <laughs> as talented as that guy is, it wouldn't surprise That's me true. at all. <laughs> Maybe. All right. So you ready? Yeah. We fade in. Mm. Scene one. Mm. We open to see Greg pulling into the driveway in Mike's convertible. He gets out of the car, walks around, but notices a blemish on the paint. He rubs it with his shirt sleeve before going into the garage and getting a rag and a cleaner to clean it off with. As soon as he starts cleaning, Peter comes up the driveway on his bike. When Greg greets him with a, hi, Pete, Peter ignores him and tosses his bike into the garage wall. 
Greg goes back to cleaning with a struck out again, huh? Peter finally pipes up and says, I'll be as old as you before I find a job. Hmm. Greg mockingly says, why don't you become a brain surgeon? They make lots of loot. He chuckles at his joke and stares at Pete for a reaction. When he doesn't get one, he goes back to cleaning with a hang in there. Something's bound to come up. Peter then begins to vent to Greg saying that I need a stereo tape deck with four speakers right now. Just then Marsha comes running up the driveway shouting, hey, wait till you hear what just happened. On the way to the library, I was passing Haskell's ice cream hut and Mr. Haskell was putting up a sign in the window. Help wanted part time. Peter gets super excited, saying, wow, thanks, Marsha. He grabs his bike, saying, I better get right down there. But before he can leave, Marsha tells him, it's too late. The job's already taken. When Peter asks, by who? Marsha tells him, me. Peter shocked, says, you? When Marsha confirms, Peter sulks on his bike like a George Washington that's been stabbed in the back by Benedict Arnold. (laughs) I don't see what I did there. Greg goes back to cleaning the car. Marsha, not understanding what's going on, asks, isn't anybody going to congratulate me? Greg pops his head up and says, I will, but I wouldn't count too heavily on Peter. Peter, who's been quiet, pops his head up and says, I've been looking for a job all week. Marsha, feeling empathetic, says with a smile, I'm sorry, Pete. I just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Peter sadly says, yeah, sure. Marsha then notices Jan. She leans into Peter, grabs his arm and says, wait till I tell her the great news and runs off. After she leaves, Peter stands up and says, I don't get it. I wear out a pair of bike tires looking for a job all over town and one falls in her lap. Some people get all the luck. He then rolls his bike into the garage and lets it go but not before hearing a big crash. Mm-hmm. Mm. <clears throat> Did you see that bike seat? <laughs> Wait, Hell yeah. Sitting on- <laughs> that must've felt like a prison rape when he was sitting on that thing. Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, I've seen a banana seat before, but not one that's like horizontal. <laughs> <laughs> it was like dipped way down. <laughs> mm-hmm. It looked that like was he was funny. trying to make it look like, like a chopper. Yeah, because you know, he had the seat yeah. way far back and he had the handlebars propped up. It looked like he was just seen like Easy Rider or something. <laughs> I've never seen car wax like that in a can, in an aerosol can. Hmm. Like when we oh, worked at was Ron, it an aerosol can? Yeah, it was like an aerosol can with brown. What it looked like to me was, if you remember way back in the day when we worked at John Ron's. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> if you remember, we had furniture polish that we would use sometimes. We would use it on the all the wooden stuff in men's north and men's south. Okay. But I would use it on the metal clothing racks. Hmm. Right? Because if you use it on a metal and this people, you can listen in on this too. If you take furniture <laughs> polish and you work in a clothing store, if you take furniture polish and you and you polish the the top rack or whatever rack you have, like those round racks that have clothing hanging from them, it makes the the hanger slide easier and the clothes will almost self-organize. Because hmm. they don't stick on the metal. They just slide really super easy. So you only have to do it like maybe once a day, maybe once every two days. But it makes all the clothes look so much neater because the clothes slide around easier. It makes it easier to shop on. No. But that furniture polish looked like the can. So it almost looked like he was using furniture polish on his car. So any of the old school people, like if that's a thing, 
I mean, let us know. Mm. Like, I've never heard of using furniture polish on a car, but I guess if it's wax, you could use it, right? Yeah, I was kind of curious the way he took care of it. I thought, is that Greg's car or something? Mm. I wouldn't think he would care that much if it was his dad's. Well, plus you could see a really shiny spot, (laughs) a really shiny spot on the hood where they obviously did a couple of takes. It's kind of funny. So anyways, yeah. And also with that, like you were saying with the bike, (laughs) I was Mm. expecting him to have like a card in the spokes so that when he rode, it's like. Yeah, if he didn't do card in spokes, he did like. Remember, you could also put like a can like in the yeah, tire. Yeah, but that sucked. That wasn't as good. No, cars were a lot better, but cans Co- still had more of a uh, like tinny sound to it. I mean, yeah, but the, it also yeah, made a harder to- pedal. Yeah. But if you put a card <laughs> in the spokes, it had to be a bicycle playing card. Uh, uh, I just made that up. Scene two. <laughs> Up in the girls' room, Cindy sits on the bed with her foot in a platform sandal as Bobby kneels on the floor with her shoe in his hand, shining away like the Dickens. He pauses, looks at her, and asks, how's that? Cindy thinks for a moment and says, make them shinier. Bobby then goes to town once again, shining the shoes like crazy as Marsha walks in carrying her school books. She spots Bobby and Cindy, pauses, and asks, what are you two doing with my shoes? Bobby looks at Cindy, who answers, we're polishing them. When Marsha asks why, Bobby tells her to show how much we appreciate you. (laughs) Marsha thinks for a moment and asks, this wouldn't have anything to do with my new job, would it? Cindy and Bobby look at each other in confusion and ask, what new job? (laughs) Bobby turns to Cindy and sarcastically says, we don't know anything about Marsha having a new job, do we, Cindy? Cindy overly exaggerated replies, no. You know, like a liar. Marsha, whose bullshit detector is honing in on something, says, oh, it's going to be very exciting. You see, I get to work in a hardware store. Bobby, hearing this, gets upset, stands up, puts his hands on his hips and says, hardware store. Cindy gets mad and says, we thought you were working in an ice cream parlor. Marsha turns around with a laugh and says, Didn't know anything about it, huh? Bobby turns to Cindy sheepishly and says, Well, we might have heard a rumor. Cindy finishes the thought and says, And if you think we're polishing your shoes just for free ice cream, Bobby interrupts and says, You're absolutely right. As he gets busy shining the shoes some more, Marsha just laughs. (laughs) So I don't understand. Why does Cindy have to wear the shoe? In order for Bobby to polish it. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds to me like she's conning Bobby into doing all the work yeah. while she just fucking sits there. Well, she's, you know, she has her mother. She's, you know, her That's mother's true. daughter. Yeah, right. It's like, no, like, it's better if someone's wearing it. You know, that way, you know. Hmm. And he's like, oh, makes sense. <laughs> but also, like, Marsha laughed way too hard at that at the end. I felt like she kind of oversold that a little bit. Um, <laughs> but if Marsha just found out today... That she got a new job. How do the kids already know? Yeah. I thought the same thing because <laughs> like she literally walked up and told the boys. Right. And Peter like took off. And then so did, I mean, I don't know what Greg did, but, but I mean, in this scene, she still has her school books in her hand and she still yeah, wore her yeah. same outfit. And so and then she saw Jan and then just went upstairs. Yeah. Like it just happened. Like the people, nobody knew until about a minute ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but somehow it made it upstairs already. Or in the house, anyway, with the other kids. Yeah. Hmm. 
Even though she's the only one that went into the house since the news. I don't know. <laughs> Unless the news Unless, really does travel that fast, but I doubt it. <laughs> Unless they were like eavesdropping or right. if she told Jan outside and Jan ran inside ahead of her. <laughs> but see, if they were eavesdropping and that's what happened, that would have been a really funny scene to add. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And uh, oh, Marsha is so sneaky. Oh, she is. Trying to she trick lied. <laughs> yeah, work in a hardware store. She didn't work in a hardware store. <laughs> she got him. Uh, <clears throat> scene three. Down in the kitchen, we see Carol, quote unquote, helping Alice by taking what looks like muffins out of a pot on the stove, which I, <laughs> I didn't understand that at all. I, I actually didn't notice yeah. that. I didn't notice that there was like muffins or something. I couldn't really tell. Was it cornbread? Maybe I don't know. But well, if they they might have been corn muffins, but the way Mike still, pulled it apart, either it, way, it wasn't as crumbly as a corn muffin. So it looked like either a muffin yeah. or or I don't know what it was. Yeah. <clears throat> um, either anyway, way, it shouldn't be taken out of a pot. On no, the it was straight up a pot that you would cook like spaghetti in. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so anyway, weird. So anyways, Alice, who is beside her, actually rolls her eyes. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> no. She actually rolled her eyes before walking away to do some real work. Hmm. Mike comes in, sniffs around and says, Mm-mm. how long before dinner? Carol, who apparently is speaking for Alice now, says, not long now. <laughs> Alice turns from the fridge with carrots and lettuce in her hand and says, here's something for me right now. I'm beginning to get pink eyes and a twitchy little nose. <laughs> Meat is but a memory. <clears throat> Mike snatches a muffin from Carol, then walks to Alice saying, well, remember what I said, Alice, willpower. It's all in the head. As he begins to put butter on his muffin. That sounds like a metaphor, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it totally does. Carol speaks up saying, oh, no, honey, that's not where it's at. Alice agrees, saying, you're way off target, Mr. Brady, as she slaps herself on her hips. She says that she longingly stares at what he's eating. I guess dieting is just easier for some people than, than it is others. Mike disagrees, saying it's a cinch. But fortunately, I don't have to because I haven't gained an ounce since college. Hmm. Carol, being the bitch she is, asks, not an ounce, huh? <laughs> but Mike, unfazed, says, nope, not an ounce. Carol, not letting this go, asks, how long has it been since you've weighed yourself? As Mike stuffs his face, he says, I don't have to weigh myself. I can feel it. But Carol, still calling bullshit, says, hmm, Alice, the scale, please. Mike, confused, asks, what are you doing with a scale in the kitchen? Alice answers, that's to keep me semi-honest. Whenever I feel like cheating on my diet, I weigh myself. And I cheat anyways. As Mike is still hmm. trying to eat, Carol grabs him by the arm and says, come on, on the scale. Mike argues saying, what's the point? I told you not an ounce. But Carol retorts, oh, you're just chicken. To which Mike argues back, I'm not a chicken. Alice, who's still hungry, says, please, no talk about food. Mike steps on the scale, and when Alice and Carol see the weight, they both nod in pride. <laughs> Carol then begins to fat shame her husband, saying, you're right. You didn't gain an ounce. You gained seven pounds. Mm. Mike speaks up and says, wait a minute. You've got to allow for my clothes. Carol agrees and says, all right, we'll allow about four pounds for your clothes. You still have three extra pounds. Mike dismisses the whole thing, saying, What's three extra pounds? 
listen, if I want to, I could lose it all like that. And then snaps his fingers. Mm. Alice, probably still hungry, says, oh, if I could lose it like that, and it snaps a whole mm. bunch of fingers, I'd be a Spanish <laughs> dancer. Mm. Mike just laughs. Mm. Carol opens her mouth yet again and says, honey, why don't you show Alice how it's done? Mike confused asks, what? Carol then takes this food from him and says, willpower, remember? Mm. Alice seeing this walks over and says, oh, Mr. Brady, it'd be so much easier if we were both on a diet. Mike mm. agrees, but says, what about dinner? I mean, the pot roast, the, the buttered noodles and the biscuits and every, but is interrupted by Carol who actually hands him a bag of lettuce and carrots for dinner. <laughs> Not only that, but it's Alice's bag of carrots and lettuce for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that was um, a biscuit was what he oh, maybe, yeah. all that. Oh, biscuit. Yeah. Okay. Um, Carol just had to be right though. Didn't she? She's fucking get on a fucking scale. Mr. Man. Yeah. You think you're so thin. You ain't fucking thin. You think you didn't gain nothing. Get on a scale. Prove it. I like how he calls that shit out too. He's like, why is there a scale in the fucking kitchen? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and why does it only have Alice's footprints on it? <laughs> just, and then Carol's like, I'm thin. Hmm. I'm going to shame you for like gaining fucking four pounds. Yeah. Or whatever. No, she's straight pounds. up 100% fat shamed her husband. 100%. Yeah. You gained three pounds since college. You fucking You're slob. fucking disgusting. Yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> you, you're going to lose that like now. <laughs> so I love how Alice straight up rolls her eyes at Carol. That was awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> but two, why is Carol holding the muffins so uncomfortably high? Like she's holding <laughs> them at shoulder level when she's taking them out. Yeah. Like she's holding them like a waitress would hold it up, like up by her shoulder. That's how high she's holding it. Maybe she had to be in camera or something. Was uh-huh. it like a medium shot or something? Um, but also, if you look it up, weight can fluctuate up to five pounds a day. Yeah. So it's possible for you to overall lose weight, but actually weigh more one day than the next. Yeah. I heard it could fluctuate like 40 pounds, you know. <laughs> like. Like annually. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why like when I, when I'm at, whenever I'm working out and then focusing on my weight, I always mm. weigh myself when I first wake up in the morning after I go to the bathroom and before I eat breakfast. And I always mm. weigh myself the exact same time, exact same scenario every day. So mm. yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, <clears throat> um, what else was I saying? Oh, um, none of the people in this cast are overweight by any stretch. Like, I don't understand why all the harping on it. Like, what was Brady Bunch thinking on this? Like, did they they really think this was like a big epidemic in the United States? Is that people were gaining three pounds since college? (laughs) Yeah, it was a problem. It was a problem. But also, and the question everybody's asking, why is Carol too good to weigh herself? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a, I'm bringing this up later, like, because when they try to force her to weigh herself later in the episode. Why are women so afraid to like to say their weight? It's not like they look any different. Like, right. well, I thought you weighed like 110 pounds, but you just had 130. I see it now. I didn't see that before, but yeah. Now that you put a number to it, you look fat. You know, <laughs> well, like, let, that's plus, ridiculous. Women, me and Tech are going to let you in on a little secret. Okay. This may be the, maybe you didn't think about this. Maybe you have, but a woman's chest is, is mostly comprised of fat. 
That's fat tissue. That's what that is. Right. That's why when you gain weight, you get pregnant. That's the first place you gain. One of the first places you gain weight, right? Your butt. Yeah. Your butt is comprised of mostly fat. Unless you work out a lot, it's mostly fat. Mm. And what are the two areas that guys look at the most? <laughs> fat is not a bad thing. Don't act like it is. It's really not. The only people that care whether you're fat or not is you and your female friends. That's the only people that care about it because guys <laughs> could not care less. So <clears throat> there, you can have your little soapbox back. Um, but also the key words that in Mike, what Mike was saying was if I want to, he don't want to, he's saying if he wants to, Carol is such a bitch for even making him do this. He just said, if I want to, I can lose pounds just like that. Yeah. Dieting is not the only way to lose weight. <laughs> the the best I lost sixty pounds just by eating right and exercising. Like I wasn't on a diet. Yeah, I just corrected what I ate. That's it. Yep, I've done a, a lot of weight loss at one time too. I lost fifty pounds, and and me and you lost weight a, in two totally different ways. Yeah, mine was just uh, smaller portions and just being mm-hmm. a little bit more active, and yep. uh, dropped like fifty pounds. And with me, it was eating mostly rice and chicken every day for lunch and dinner. And then working out like two hours a day. <laughs> that was the way yeah. I did it. <laughs> Carol is such a bitch. <laughs> she is such a bitch. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. She's horrible. She's such <sighs> a miserable, horrible human being. <laughs> she has nothing else to do now. She's like, Oh, I have, a, I have something to do now. I can fat shame my husband. Well, cool. it's like, um, I think we were talking to Emma Kate on Facebook Yeah, and she brought up the, the linen closet from last week. Yeah. And like, even that, it got me thinking, like, she doesn't even use it. Like, Alice does the laundry. <laughs> so the only, literally the only time Carol uses that linen closet is when she gets a towel to go take a shower. That's the only time she uses it. And she <laughs> oh, had right. to have a walk-in linen closet. Yep. Um, had to. Carol's such a bitch. She's such a bitch. Oh my God. <laughs> Scene four. In the living room, we hear the doorbell and Marsha rushing to get it. When she opens the door, we see a young man who obviously influenced by John Travolta and Welcome Back Cotter. No, he influenced John Travolta because this predates Welcome Back Cotter. Yeah, he influenced John Travolta and Welcome Back Cotter. Stands in the doorway with one arm up on the doorframe. When Marsha opens the door, she invites him in. But he tells her, thanks, but I just stopped by for a minute. Marsha simply says, oh, okay, and steps outside. Once outside, the boy tells Marsha, listen, about tomorrow, do you want to meet me at the tennis court or should I pick you up? Marsha thinks for a moment and says, I'm sorry, Jeff, I'll have to break our date. Tomorrow I start a new job at Haskell's Ice Cream Hut. Jeff, who's obviously disappointed, says, yeah, but I reserved the court and everything. Marsha says, I'm just as disappointed as you are. But you know what they say, business before pleasure. The boy, still disappointed, says, yeah, that's what they say. Marsha asks, why don't you make a reservation for us to play some night? I get off work at six. Jeff, feeling a little bit better, says, yeah, okay, I'll be in touch. As Jeff walks away, Marsha says bye and goes back inside. But not before totally checking out Jeff's butt. Did you notice that? You picked that up? <laughs> no, I didn't. She I 100% checked out the kid's butt. <laughs> 100%. But then again, we've seen her do that to like Greg. So I guess yeah. that's nothing. <laughs> this dude is so ugly. Like I'm not trying to be mean. But I'm not trying to be mean. That is so the ugly. worst hair I've ever seen in my life. Even for the time period that hair was awful. But he reminded me of you ever seen that the old Beauty and the Beast series from like the nineties? Where it had like <laughs> yeah. like um the chick from the Terminator 2? 
Yeah, Linda Hamilton. Yeah, he looked like the beast from that. <laughs> he looked like, like he was wearing a helmet. Like he did. Like yeah. He was like a, a like a Lego man. He can just take it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Marsha hundred percent checked out his ass. Like that was awesome. <laughs> All right, scene five. The next morning, Mike comes rushing into the kitchen dressed in a shirt and tie. Well, in pants. As he walks in, he says, <laughs> "It looks like, it's like whoa, duck. calm down, go put some pants on." He walked in and knocked something duck. over. What's that? He walked out looking like Donald Duck. <laughs> As he walks in, he says, "Boy, am I famished! That little bag of vegetables last night didn't go very far." Hmm. Without acknowledging what Mike said, Carol rudely yells, "Alice, Mister Brady is famished." Alice announces breakfast coming right up. Mike begins to put his napkin on and says, I'll have my eggs lightly basted. Hmm. But instead, Alice puts down a small plate saying, breakfast is served, Mr. Brady. Mike looks at it and asks, what's that? Carol, still with the bitchy attitude, says, breakfast. Hmm. Mike glances at it again and asks, dry toast and coffee? Carol and Alice just nod. Mike gets frustrated and says, it isn't enough to keep a hummingbird alive. Carol still punishing her husband for God knows what, mm. seeing that her ass didn't get on the scale. Mm. It is if the hummingbird has willpower. Mike ignores her and grabs the cream for his coffee, but is stopped by Carol, who says cream is a no-no. Mm. Mike simply says, well, that figures. When Mike goes for the jam, Alice grabs it and says, jam is a double no-no. Mike looks at the two of them and asks, is there anything around here that's a yes, yes? Mm. I would settle for a maybe, maybe. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Who needs jam when you got <laughs> Allison Carroll? <laughs> Hell yeah. And cream. <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> Sorry. Carol then pulls up a brown bag that's been sitting on a chair, you know, where people's asses touch and hands it to Mike. Mike asks, what is this? Alice answers, lunch. Mike, still confused at all the sudden rules, asks, since when do I take my lunch to work? Hmm. Carol says, since you stepped on the scale. Mike looks in the bag, looks shocked and says, an apple, two crackers and a little piece of cheese. Alice tells him, that's a full ounce of cheese. Hmm. Mike closes the bag, chuckles and rhetorically asks, how did I get into this? Carol once again opens her mouth and fat shames her husband, saying, you and your big fat willpower. Mm. Your big fat yeah. willpower. Mm. Mike begins eating his toast with a knife and a fork. Uh, so a couple things here. <clears throat> Why is Carol gloating so much? Like, she's <laughs> loving this fucking control she has over him. Yep. <clears throat> so, like, before Mike came down, like, Carol and Alice, like, fucking plan all this shit out. They're like... Okay, so he's going to come down. He's going to think he's going to get eggs, lightly basic. That's what he thinks. He's going to order it. Every morning, mm -hmm. that's what he gets. Yep. But I want you to have, like, toast ready. No butter on it. Like, just have it ready. So yeah. when he comes down, like, you'll be like, all right. And then you put that in front. Of you. you say breakfast. That's how you're going to do that. <clears throat> and then, and then like, when he thinks he's about to leave for the day, and I'm going to hand him this little bag of lunch <laughs> that I made him to. Oh, he, he's going to feel like shit. It's going to be awesome. Do they realize how many how much protein is in eggs? Like eggs are actually really good for you. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Other than tasting like fart, but we're not going to get into all that again. <laughs> no. Eggs are really good. Yeah, man, 
I mean, I would argue that eggs are better for you than that toast that you ate, yeah. especially if that was from white bread. You might as well yeah. be eating candy. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Alice and Carol understand weight loss at all, like not even a little bit. <laughs> and I don't think it's the time. I don't think it's ignorance from the time period. I just think neither one of them have a clue about weight loss. I really don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Scene six. At Haskell's Ice Cream Hut, we see Marsha hard at work putting ice cream into an ice cream cone. She hands the cones to Bobby and Cindy, who are there with Alice. Bobby inspects the cone, looks disappointed, and says, We can get cones this size any place in town. Marsha gets stern and says, You only paid for a single scoop. <laughs> Cindy speaks up and says, Yes, but we're relatives. Mr. Haskell, standing next to Marsha, says, Marsha. Look at those skimpy cones. There's no way to treat the family. Uh, He then takes the cones back, adds another scoop, and hands it back saying, Here you are, kids. Live a little. (laughs) Cindy takes hers with a smile and says, Thanks. Bobby looks at him and says, From now on, you get all our business. Marcia, still in work mode, says, "Uh, Kids, why don't you try a seat at the table? Kids, go and sit down, leaving Alice at the counter. Alice then spots Mr. Haskell putting ice cream into an ice cream bowl and adding pineapple, then topping it with whipped cream. Mr. Haskell leans over to the counter all sexy-like, looks into Alice's eyes and says, For you, compliments of the house. Oh, yeah. But Alice turns it down saying, No thanks, Mr. Haskell. I'm on a diet. Mr. Haskell just glances at it unfazed and says, It's my newest creation. Hell yeah. Pineapple Raspberry Rhapsody. Hell yeah. He then scoots the ice cream back to Alice. Alice, having a tough time saying no, repeats to herself, Use your willpower, Alice. (laughs) And pushes the ice cream back to Mr. Haskell. Mr. Haskell, once again, not taking no for an answer, says, Come on. One spoonful. You'll love it. And then begins to wave the ice cream under Alice's nose so she can smell it. Mm. Once again, Alice begins repeating, Remember your diet, Alice. When that doesn't work, she says, Remember your hips, Alice. (laughs) She then turns and walks to Bobby and Cindy saying, I'll wait for you kids outside, leaving Mr. Haskell at the counter to lick the ice cream off his hands. Mm. As Alice leaves, Jeff walks in. He walks up to Marcia and says, hi, how's it going? Marcia grins when she sees him and says, fine, it's busy, but I love it. Jeff puts his hands on his hips and says, well, I hope you have enough strength left for our tennis date tonight. Marcia sheepishly says, I've got the strength, but I don't have the time. Jeff, confused and disappointed, says, I thought you got off at six. Marcia explains, I do, but this job put me behind schedule, and I've got to write a book report. Jeff, who seems like a super understanding guy and not at all selfish, says, wow, between this job and school, there's no time left for me. Oh, oh. Marcia, not really feeling bad, says, I'm sorry, Jeff. Just as soon as I get caught up, we'll have lots of time together. She then spots a customer and says, excuse me, and she tends to her job. Marsha walks behind the counter, telling the customer I'll be right with you. Jeff looks disappointed as he walks out of the store. 
Man, I thought hmm, I thought Mr. Haskell wasn't going to take that ice cream and hit Alice repeatedly on the nose. Be like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Stick your tongue out. Stick your tongue out. Let me slap it on you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was messed up. Um, <sighs> but check out Alice in a green dress. Oh, yeah. Because you know what they say about green M&M's. <laughs> Alice is wearing a green oh, dress and she got some free yeah. ice cream. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> um he looked like that baseball announcer with the glasses. We're gonna um, we're gonna piss off Jenny. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. I'm so I'm gonna apologize now, Jenny, because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but he looks like that baseball announcer with the glasses, the, the big glasses, the one that Will Ferrell imitated. It's like Harry Ferry or something like that, or oh <laughs> Harry Carey. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. He kind of looks like that, him with those big glasses. Um, so, yeah. So, I noticed, I don't know if you noticed it in the scene when it first opened mm-hmm. up, you know, showing like the establishing shot, but right. it's supposed to be um, Haskell's Ice Cream Hut, but the sign outside clearly reads like Cherry House Ice Cream or something like that. That, that must be next door. Like their sign must block Mr. Haskins' sign. That's what that is. Because I know the Brady Bunch wouldn't lie to us like they have. <laughs> With multiple other things, like the Pizza <laughs> Hut or the Pizza Place, just a few you know episodes ago. Yeah, where it was Nino's instead exactly, of exactly yeah. Marioni's or whatever it was mm-hmm. supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, oh, scene Savon. Back at home in the den, Greg asks Peter, "How's the job hunting?" Peter sits down at the table and replies, Zero. I've devoted nine years of my life to education, and all I'm qualified to do is fill out a job application. Hmm. That's oh, it. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Peter's shirt was huge. Oh, I don't know. He looked like he should have been on like a different world or something with that as baggy as that shirt was. Holy crap. <laughs> different world. <laughs> like with Dwayne the Dan, Wayne. Dwayne Wayne glasses, the glasses <laughs> that flip up. Hell yeah. <laughs> what was what was it? Uh, what was her name? Winnie or something like that? Who? Winnie. Oh, Winnie Cooper. Like, no, Winnie. No, not Winnie Cooper, but Winnie, Winnie. It was like the, the light-skinned black girl, but she had like Southern accent. She was dating Dwayne girl. Wayne. Eventually, yeah, but yeah. she was like, yeah, she hated him at first. But anyway, she was on uh, um, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. You yeah. know, fun story. You remember my Rottweiler? Yeah. I named her after the girl from... Different world, Freddy. Oh, yeah, it was a Freddy. That's where. That's there. literally where I got the idea. I was thinking that's such a cool name because in one episode she specifies that she calls it that she spells it F R E D D I E, and she that says a, that's the female girl, version. Right? Yeah, a white girl. Yeah, yeah. She's like that's the female spelling. I'm like that is so cool. I love that. So I name my dog after. Him. <laughs> and then later on, Denise leaves college and goes and starts screwing Aquaman. Well, we're getting divorced now from, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, she's probably tired of being in the water all the time. That would suck. (laughs) Or she probably had trouble learning Dothraki. (laughs) (laughs) She probably got tired of his secret love for the girl that played Khaleesi. Mm. That's right. I said it. You know, there's, you know, they still hung up on each other. Have you ever seen him in interviews? All giggly and shit. (laughs) I don't know. I'm still hung up on her. So, On him or her? Uh, Amelia Clark. Uh, oh, okay. I was going to say, we're not judgmental on the show. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a handsome dude for sure. <laughs> and I get why women swoon, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but I, it's funny. Uh, he just he plays is just like an all around cool dude. Like he's just like a nice guy and all that shit. So. I don't like his taste in motorcycles. He's into kind of the rat rod kind of look. I don't really like that. Yeah. So no, that's okay. All right. Scene eight. Back at the ice cream hut, we see Mr. Haskell sweeping the floor. He says, I don't know what's gotten into this broom. 20 years ago, it swept itself. It glided. It skipped. Marcia speaks up and says, Mr. Haskell, maybe it's not the broom. You're here. Oh, no. <laughs> no that's no, not right. No, okay. no, right. No. <laughs> You're here morning, noon, and night. Why don't you slow down a little? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 still not. No, Damn it! No. I always do that. <laughs> it, it sounds like a great setup for a porn. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Not. Maybe you should uh, slow down a little. <laughs> Sweep that floor, uh. And he's like, twenty years ago, this thing worked all by itself. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, <laughs> Mr. Haskell says, Marsha, in the ice cream business, when you slow down, you melt. Well, my... No, he didn't say that. <laughs> And it runs all of your hand. No, I'm sorry. I'll stop. But he thinks for a moment and says, maybe you're right. Maybe I should take afternoons off. Find a hobby. Marsha tells him, that's a good idea. He asks Marsha, so where am I going to find a helper as good as you? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. 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 A nice helper as good as you. Hell yeah. No, Mar- no. Marsha tells him, well, I know someone very much like me, and he does need a job. Mr. Haskell asks. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, I didn't know which way Mr. Haskell swings. I don't know. Mr. Haskell asks, someone close to you? Marsha's eyes get big as she says, close enough to be my brother. She chuckles at her own joke and says, in fact, it is my brother. <laughs> no. And then she's like, <laughs> Mr. Haskell just looks at her like, seriously? So it is. <laughs> no, no, he didn't do it. Anyway, just don't let him work on your bike. Can't <laughs> <laughs> uh, <good> resist. Because <laughs> they'll be here all day and night. <clears throat> Can I get the ice cream cone, Peter? Like, I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. <laughs> Mr. Haskell, who seems excited to find an, a good worker, so quickly exclaims, Good. If one Brady is good, then two are better. That's what my son always says, anyway. <laughs> Hell yeah. That was the right one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Effective immediately, you're in charge of the afternoon shift. Marcia shocked to be promoted on her second day and perhaps forgetting she's the only employee he has. She says... Me? Thanks. Mr. Haskell then walks around the corner, puts down the broom and says, Here goes my first afternoon off in 20 years. I'm going to relax, even if it kills me. Marsha runs to the phone and calls Peter. Hmm. Hmm. So, a white shirt. A white dress shirt, no no less. When you work at an ice cream parlor? Does that seem like a good idea? Well... If you want to get like old school, like they wear like those almost like lab coats kind of a thing, and yeah, and like the paper hats and like working in those parlors and you know, kind of classy. Yeah, but you know you're gonna get make a mess at some point, right? Or no? 
For sure. <laughs> yeah. so I'm just surprised that he picked a white shirt. That just seems kind of... Uh. Well, I guess it's kind of like an apron. Aprons are white or black. Well, it's something yeah. you can easily switch out, you know? True. Know. Um. So, like, he's excited to get a new employee so he can take afternoons up, but yet right. he's like, I'm taking this afternoon off right now. I'm leaving. <laughs> Bye. So, like, well, I mean, first you got to get my brother in here. I don't even know if he wants the job. <laughs> That's why she ran to the phone. She's like, shit. I got to get him like now because he's fucking leaving. <laughs> he's leaving right now. And we got afternoon rush coming in in like 30 minutes. <laughs> I better call him now. Hope Peter is home. <laughs> well, they got their mileage out of this set, didn't they? So it seems like half this episode is filmed on the set. Well, yeah. Spent the money. We got to use it. Better use it. Is. <laughs> All right. Scene nine. We now see Peter behind the counter of the ice cream hut, dressed in a uniform. Hmm. He scoops an ice cream into a cone. He then looks up and says, Marsha, you're the greatest, most fantastic sister a guy has ever had. Hmm. <laughs> no? <laughs> no. Okay. Marsha, who's carrying a dustpan and actually working, says, thanks, but let's not overdo it. Peter stops and says, no, I'm serious. You're super. You're making it possible for me to get that new stereo deck. He then goes back to eating his ice cream. As he's eating, Marsha looks at him and says, well, Peter confused asks, well, what? Marsha answers, aren't you going to finish wiping the rest of the counter? Peter says, sure. Right after I take an ice cream break. He then pulls out a comic book and begins to relax. Marsha walks away, irritated. Hmm. A bit later, we see Peter sweeping up the sitting area. He stops, looks around, and sweeps the dust underneath one of the tables. Marsha sees this, throws her towel down, and walks over to him upset. She sharply asks, Peter, what do you think you're doing? Peter shrugs and asks, who looks under the tables? Marsha says, I do, and snatches the broom. Peter, not giving any fucks at all, says, <laughs> be my guest, and he sits down to take yet another break. But he does lift his feet so Marsha can sweep under him. Mm. It's caring. Yes, it is. Hmm. So Peter just straight up sucks at working, like period. Yeah, he's lazy. But he wasn't lazy at the bike shop. No, that's that's weird though. He was like a yeah. go, real go getter and a hard he worker. He was opposite and at the bike shop. And, he wouldn't stop. Yeah, he was like super loyal and all yeah. that. But I guess he just didn't care about ice cream yeah, as much. That as was bikes. my next. I was like, he either he's either trying too hard or not trying enough. Maybe he has like a like this attitude after being dumped from the bike shop. Just like fuck it, they're gonna screw <laughs> you over. You better screw them over. They can screw you over, right? <laughs> the way it works. So. Beat him to the punch. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And earlier he was talking about I'm not trained for anything. Like you worked in a fucking bike shop. Exactly. There's not another bike shop in Los Angeles. Really and it's funny that. because he didn't really care whether he was trained or not. <laughs> He's like, I need you to redo these brakes. Like what? <laughs> He's like 11. Well, what are you talking about? Why are you letting him do that? <laughs> All right, scene 10. Later, we see Marsha hard at work cleaning with Peter talking on the phone saying, that's right, Kevin. I'm a real working man. Now you ought to try it sometime. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I heard working man. And I thought maybe <laughs> finally Marsha having had enough says, Peter, you've been on the phone all afternoon. Peter waves her off and continues talking. Marsha now getting upset, raises her voice again and says, come on, we've got work to do. 
Peter pulls the phone away from his ear and says, I can't cut Kevin off right in the middle. It wouldn't be polite. He then gets back on the phone and asks, what were you saying, Kevin? Marcia, now pissed, gets down from her stepladder, walks to Peter and yells, saying, now look, I am not kidding. Get off the phone now. Ooh. Peter just chuckles and says, gotta go, Kevin. I'll see ya. When he hangs up the phone, he asks Marcia, what's the big hassle? Marcia answers, you and you're goofing off. Now, how about helping me dust some of these shelves? Peter sarcastically says, oh, yeah, sure. Just don't get so shook. I'll get on it right away. Just as soon as I make one more phone call. Marcia goes to throw a rag at Peter, but thinks twice. At the counter, we see Marcia ringing up a customer. As she puts the money in the register, she hears a crowd cheering over the radio. She glances over to see Peter sitting at a table listening to a game. Marcia stomps over and turns the radio off on him. Peter, of course, arguing, asks, Hey, what'd you do that for? There's two minutes to go and my team is on the one-yard line. Jimmy, the one, there was, you know, there's 100 yards on a football field, mm-hmm. and one yard means they're about to do a touchdown. But they only have like 10 lines on a football field. <laughs> they don't have 100. I know. They don't. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> False advertiser. Yeah. Marsha, having had enough, raises her voice and says, Peter Brady, you're fired. Oh, damn. Peter looks confused and upset as he stands up and asks, fired? Marsha repeats louder, fired. Peter, no, 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 no. Okay. Peter stands here looking dumbstruck. Hmm. Oh, oh sorry. It's dumbstruck. Sorry. So where the hell did Peter get a radio? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> did he just randomly find it about cool a radio and just take it and like start maybe, listening to maybe it? Maybe it was in the back, like in the kitchen area, you know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. old school like diners, this one of the cooks will have like the radio <laughs> on or whatever. <laughs> I, I would have fired him before that. <laughs> well, maybe not fire him, it's still his first day, but he'd be like, it's definitely sit down and like look, you you have to keep working. You can't be like sitting around. Can be taking twenty ice cream breaks. You can't be sitting. Will you, will you bring a comic to work? What did you do? Right, what yeah. do you think? I'm like no. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is where we take our next break. Mm. So Marsha finally got Peter a job, and just as the tape deck was within his reach, it is snatched away from his fingers when Marsha fires him. Mm. Will Peter ever get the tape deck, or will he be doomed to listen to? Well, his other tape deck that he used to record his siblings with. (laughs) We'll be back. Coming in the fall of 2022, Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel inspired by the toys and cartoons of the 1980s. Click the link in today's show notes to preview now. The book follows 11-year-old Tommy Grant, who is trying to deal with some unfavorable circumstances in his otherwise tranquil life in rural 1980s Ohio. He retreats to the thing he loves most, the Order of Cosmic Champions, a long-running animated TV program and line of toys that provides Tommy with a much-needed boost of joy, especially when he discovers that the manufacturer is holding a nationwide create-a-character contest. The winning design will be made into an action figure and be sold the world over, with its creator becoming president for a day at the headquarters of the manufacturer. But when Tommy's character design loses out, 
His world begins to crumble, and you can only think of one way to fix it. Find the kid that submitted the winning design and try to convince him to help make Tommy's dream come true. Visit orderofcosmicchampions.com now where you can read about the inspiration for the new book. Watch the teaser trailer. Listen to the official theme song, Stand or Fall by Stan Bush. See action figure designs based on the Order of Cosmic Champions characters. And sign up for updates on the novel's progress and upcoming release date. That's orderofcosmicchampions.com or click the link in today's show notes. Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel by Anthony Rapino and Anthony Great. Coming in the fall of 2022. And we are back. Mm-hmm. Man, that was interesting. I've never seen anybody pee, stand, uh, pee doing a handstand before. That was weird. <laughs> what made you think of that? Why would you even try that? Like, you don't pee with doing a handstand. Okay. No, like it doesn't dribble on your face? Well, sometimes. But it that's normal, it? isn't it? Okay. You don't do that? Mm-mm. Huh. Hmm. I think... Yeah, I'm... I don't do it that way either. That's weird. <laughs> Having dreads on there is kind of weird, though. I would think that would irritate you when you put your underwear on, but whatever. So, <laughs> what did you think of this episode? Oh, yeah. We didn't cover that in the beginning, no, did we? we? Didn't, huh? um, this episode was a little dry. It was a little, eh. Carol's like, even I'm like not liking Carol at all in this episode. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> this I'm just taking it personal. I don't know. But this episode, like, for our, for mine and your sense of humor, the funniest thing about this episode is the title. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe it's because last week's episode was such a good episode. Yeah. That we're just let down, man. Like, I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel like my energy's low because I feel like this episode is just kind of a letdown. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd think like if, if I was to tell you about this episode, like, oh, hey, there's an episode where, you know, Marsha gets a job and then, you know, right. you would think like, oh man, like there's so many, so much room for some great jokes in there. But then it's like, there's not <laughs> like this. This episode is just one scene change away from a very episode, a very special episode of the Brady, Bunch. you know what I mean? Like talking <laughs> about like date rape or something. It's that close to being like that. It's, I don't know. It's just too serious. Yeah. It needs to be more zany. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's okay. It's what happens when you don't have Robert Reed directing. That's all there's to it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So in this episode, Yep. You know, Marsha has an unfortunate experience with a coworker. It happens to be her brother. <laughs> yeah. What's the worst thing you've seen happen at a place you work at with <laughs> one of your, co- like, what's the worst coworker you've had? And it's oh, okay God. to use first and last names and the company and the location that you worked at. <laughs> um, God, there's probably been a lot of horrible coworkers. Um, well, this one place I worked, we had a supervisor that, um, he was not a very good supervisor. So 
I always believe in, you know, punishing in private and praising in public. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. This guy was the complete opposite. So, um, this was like a food service job. And this one new guy that hadn't been there long, still kind of learning everything. Granted, he is kind of like a dumb shit, you know. He he's like one of those kids that looks like he's still holding in a bong hit since like high school. He just kind of looks like, what? You know, those kind of guys. Like, what do you mean? Like, that's literally how we talk to. Are you the kid we, type? <laughs> no, but I used to beat the shit up. <laughs> no. But, um, and so every time he fucked up, our boss would like literally call everybody into the kitchen. Everybody come in here. Get the fuck in here. Come here. Come here. And then he's just like, and this kid's just standing there like, what? You know? And uh, and he'd be like, this stupid motherfucker, this piece of shit. What? He just fucking did blah, 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 and did this. And like, didn't you? And he was like, yeah, I guess. You know? And he was like, you're so fucking stupid. You're so fucking piece. And then like, we're all just kind of standing there and I'm like, why do I have to be here for this? Like, I was like, this is ridiculous. So I just like walked out. I'm like, I'm not going to be here for this. This is so stupid. And like, he used to do that shit all the fucking time and I hated it. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty shitty. So, yeah. I used to work at this, this one shop. <laughs> right. And at the time yeah. I was a lead. Right. Yeah. And there was this one girl that I worked with. She had the weakest stomach of anybody I've ever met. Right. Okay. If you even said a word, she would start like dry heaving, right? She once saw a bird shit outside and it made yeah. her dry heave. Like that's how <laughs> bad she was, right? Yeah. So she was walking at a part of the store and she thought <laughs> she saw a booger on some of the clothes, right? Okay. So she's trying to come up and tell me this and she can't even get the sentence out without dry heaving. Right. (laughs) So she's like, Jimmy, I'm like, what's up? She's like, I have an issue. I was back on the, in the back and I was trying to straighten some shirts and I think I saw what (laughs) she's like, I saw a I'm like, (laughs) okay, hold on a second. What is it you're seeing? And she stops for a second because she's about to throw up. She's like, I saw a, okay, point, like, bring me to it. And the whole time we're walking, I hear her going, I'm like, oh my God. So (laughs) I go back and these shirts are dark navy blue in color. Yeah. Right. And she points and you can see something running across the shirts. Right. Okay. And she thought somebody had smeared a booger all over these shirts. Right. <laughs> right. It turned out to be, we had these, if you remember the nineties, these fleece hoodie things that were popular, people call them rugs. I don't know what the actual proper name for it was. You know what I'm okay. talking about? You're talking about like the, the hoodies look like yeah. they were made out of rugs. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody the had stoners been, would wear them and like, yeah. yeah, somebody had been walking with one and some of the fleece had rubbed off on some of the shirts and it was a string of fleece that was running along. So she was dry heaving because she saw fleece on a shirt. That was a booger. So that was, that was pretty funny. I got a buddy that's like that too. And if there's any kind of a bad smell, that's kind of bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like you and I would smell and be like, Oh, that fucking stinks. Like, Oh, and that'd be about it. Not this guy. Right. He was like, uh, 
All right. Mm. I can't take it. Like we had to do some work one time near a dumpster and the dumpster kind of stung, but we had a job to do. And the whole time he's like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it, dude. I can't. I was like, dude, we have, we have to, we have to get this job done. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to throw up. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, it's just trash. It's just garbage. Like, and oh, I just can't. And then sure enough, he fucking puked. He's oh, and he puked everywhere. And I was like, Oh my God, you actually puke from a bad smell? He's like, yeah, dude, I can't do it. I can't do bad smells. I'm like, that's so weird. I was like, fine, go over there and I'll finish this job. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, Have you ever worked with somebody and you just kind of screwed around with them just for fun? Well, yeah. Not not sexually. I'm not talking about sexually. I'm talking about just like messing around with them. Oh, done that too, but okay. (laughs) But like what? I used to work in this in this store, and we had this yeah. we had this girl on overnights. Yeah, I don't want to say her real name because that would be mean. Okay, so let's say her name was Betty, right? Okay, she was she, she wasn't somebody you wanted to hang out with very long either, <laughs> because of how she talked, like just incessantly, nonstop. Or her looks or her smell. Basically, she was just not a very polite person to be around. Gotcha. So we had this guy start. <laughs> so I started, laying, I started laying into him saying, oh. <laughs> saying, hey, yo, man, you need to check see, out Betty on third I shift. I see where this is going. Okay. You need to check out this chick, Betty, on third shift, right? And this, Look, kid this, guy, me, was, this guy was new. And yeah. He, you know, and this guy's like, and, oh, is she hot? And I was like, she's like nothing I've ever seen before, man. Like, you got to check her out. Yeah. So, so this guy was showering nameless. <laughs> can, we, can we just cut the antics? Like, it okay. was me. You fucked yeah, with so me on your, my yeah. first day. <laughs> yeah. So, you thinking I'm screwing around with you. No, I didn't think that at all. No? You just told me, hey, this is this really hot chick that works on your shift. And, uh. Yeah, I think. Well, I never said she was hot, because then you could have turned around and been like, "Oh, you think she's hot?" So I was just like, "She's like nothing I've ever seen before." So then I know my sister got in on it and told you that you need to talk to her, right? Um, no, not yet, not yet. But because uh, first it was uh first it was Richard. Yeah, <clears throat> Richard had <laughs> without me saying a word to him. Yeah, Tech was like, "Hey." You ever heard of Betty? Oh, hell yeah. Like, and he no, was that's totally, not how it went down. No, that's not how it went down? <clears throat> no, because I think your sister might have said something to Richard. Oh, oh okay. Okay. So okay. Richard just goes up and he goes, hey, like, I just met this guy. I hadn't known him very long, like just a few minutes. And he goes, hey, man, you got a girlfriend? And I'm just like. <laughs> that's such a Richard is, thing to say, and, too. <laughs> and I was like, um, no, but I mean, I'm. I'm sure you're a nice dude, but it's like, <laughs> I'm not really into dudes. That's kind of like what I was thinking. And, uh, and he's like, no, I'm just saying, because he's like, I got a girlfriend already, but I'm just saying there's this girl, um, on our shift named, uh, Betty, she's off tonight, but she'll be here tomorrow. And I go, yeah, Jimmy was telling me about her. He goes, yeah, dude. Like she, and he goes, she's cute. She's cute. And I was like, you, you should go for it. He's like, I already have a girlfriend, but I can't. I was like, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so I'm getting jazzed. I'm waiting for tomorrow night where I actually get the meter. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so yeah. 
So, so cut yeah. to the next night. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, this woman walks up to me. She must have been, I don't know, almost 60. She looked like Skeletor. <laughs> Like her face, cheekbones were, you know, sticking out. Her cheeks were like protruding in. Her eyes were almost like a bulgy look with like, you know. And she had like not a good tooth to gum ratio, if you will. Right. right. <laughs> and, uh, and everything was a secret. I mean, so she, she got was like, in your face. <laughs> and she just was talking and talking and talking. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've been here like 10 years. Oh, you're new here. Oh, that's cool. Where'd you work before? Cool. And just talking and talking. And she goes, oh, by the way, my name is Betty. And I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I still didn't believe it. I think I went to Richard and be like, is there another Betty that works here or something? And, <laughs> and he just started laughing. He goes, no. <laughs> <sighs> and I was like, that's fucked up. <laughs> that was awesome. But I mean, it's not, we never, I mean, Betty was a really nice person. She really was like, she was, in, you know, <laughs> yeah. she meant well, she was always there when somebody was brand new to help them and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Nothing against the woman at all. It's just, you know, we were just having some fun. So yeah, that was funny. That was good. You, you yeah. got me in my mouth open. That was, yeah. good. <laughs> that was pretty funny. In hindsight, that was really mean. <laughs> not no. more, not necessarily towards you, but towards Betty. How? <laughs> but we never yeah, openly, it wouldn't mean to me. I thought it was fucking awesome. I thought yeah, was we funny. never openly like made her feel bad at all. Like, no, no, no. And they would never say it to her face. Oh, hell no. No, no, no. I was afraid of her face. Anyways, but, let's anyway. get back into this. But that was, yeah, that was awesome. And look what happened later on. You met your first wife on that shift. I did. Not you Betty. Did. What's that? <laughs> but it wasn't Betty. No, it wasn't um, Betty. No. For the listeners. No. <laughs> no. And it wasn't long after that you met her too. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. All right, so when we left off, Peter had just been fired from the ice cream parlor when he took advantage of Marsha being his sister. Yeah? <laughs> no, 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 that's not what that means. No. <laughs> All right. Will Mr. Haskell have to start working afternoons again? Hmm. Or will Marsha fix everything? Hmm. Well, let's get back into it and find out. Scene All right. 11. Back at the Brady residence, we see Peter in the bathroom talking to Bobby. He says, for no reason at all, from right out of left field, she fired me. Hmm. Bobby, of course, believing all of this, says, what a rotten thing to do to your own brother. Mm -hmm. Peter pipes up saying, that's what you get when you give small people power. They can't handle it. Hmm. We then hear Marcia knocking on the bathroom door asking, are you going to be in there all night? Bobby gives her a dirty look through the door and yells, dictator. Hmm. Marsha swings the door open and says, you brainwashed Bobby. Peter hmm. argues back. No, I didn't. I told him the truth. You fired me because you were power hungry. Hmm. Marsha yells back. I fired you because you're lazy and you deserved it. And then her neck started getting all like twitching and stuff. <laughs> Peter yells back even louder and asks, you know what you are? A company stooge. Hmm. Marsha gives up and says, what's the use? As she storms off into her room, Peter runs ahead of her and says, okay, run away from the truth. You captain Bly dictator, right? <laughs> Marsha comes Man. back with a zinger saying, and you're a capital G goof off. Ooh. Man. 
<sighs> we should end on like Jerry Springer sound effects where the audience is like, Woo. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. Carol finally walks in after hearing this arguing saying, all right, you two kids, cool it. She got that shit from Mike. Mike used to say that shit. Peter begins to plead his case, telling Carol, Marsha gave me a raw deal. Carol, of course, taking Marsha's side immediately, without question, asks, you mean you did everything you were supposed to do? Peter confidently says, I sure did. Mm. But when he sees both of them staring at him, he backs down and says, well, I would have as soon as I got around to it. He crumbles under pressure again and says, sooner or later. Finally, the silence kills him and he blurts out, okay, so I'm not perfect. Marsha can't help but say, you can say that again. After giving Marsha a dirty look, Carol turns to Peter and says, Peter, it seems to me you took advantage of Marsha because she's your relative. True or false? Peter thinks hmm. for a moment, sees what she's saying and simply says, well... Carol hits him again with true or false. Peter finally answers honestly saying true. True. Carol now getting through to him asks, well, all right then. What would you have done if the situation was reversed? Peter crosses his arms, looks at Marcia and says, I guess I'd have kicked me out too. Peter extends his hand to shake Marsha's and says, I apologize captain bly oh man <laughs> marcia shakes his saying okay capital g goof off then <laughs> he start making out no <laughs> peter begins to walk back to his room through the bathroom stops and says hey i just thought of something i put in three days of work i wonder if i could collect unemployment insurance carolyn marcia mm. just laugh <laughs> oh man so I thought it was cool he's wearing his Mandarin rat snake shirt again. Like I mentioned last week. It's the same shirt that... <laughs> I, th- I thought that. And yeah. I was like, is that the same shirt that Jimmy liked? Yep. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. But what kind of ponytail was Marsha wearing? It's, it looked like a topsy tail or something. It was all weird looking. Excuse me, well, if I remember correctly, like... Because she had like the hair in the front that was hanging down. Okay. And then just a little bit in the back or something. Right. I don't know what it's called. But it didn't look like a regular ponytail. It looked like it was somehow pulled through itself or something. Oh, maybe so. I don't know. Um, It was so awkward when they shook hands. Wasn't that weird? (laughs) Why? I don't know. It just seemed really awkward. Like, how many times (laughs) in your life have you shaken hands with your sister? (laughs) Um, I don't know if I ever have. (laughs) Exactly. I never had my sister. And I got, I had three sisters. I have three sisters and four brothers. I had four brothers. I've never shaken any of my sister's hands. Why? When would you shake exactly. a sibling's so, hand? This is such a weird thing. Like, why would you shake your sister's hand? It's odd. Because anytime like constitutes a handshake, you just do a hug, right? So unless I mean, you're three, in which it, unless you're three or four, which is in which case it's give me a high five, give me a high five. Like everybody thinks <laughs> that kids love that, <clears throat> and then they slap their hand. They're all proud of them. Good job. Sorry. That's a, an irritation of mine. Like you didn't do the high five thing with your kids. No. You didn't? No. Oh, I totally did. Jay, uh, Luke would insist on doing a thumbs up high five or a thumbs up fist bump is what he called it. So it's like a fist bump <laughs> with a thumbs up. So, and that's wait, that's the way he did it. <clears throat> but we didn't do high fives because it's like lame. It. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Scene 12. 
Downstairs in the living room, we hear Marsha answering the phone. She says, hi, Jeff. We then hear Jeff say, listen, Marsh. Listen, Marsh. That's, that's what he says. Okay. Listen, Marsh. There's a great rock concert at the park on Saturday. I thought maybe you'd like to catch it with me. Marsha, feeling bad, says, well, I'm sorry, but I have to work. <laughs> Jeff, not taking no for an answer, asks, oh, well, can we get together Sunday and do something? Marsha tells Jeff, I'm really sorry, but I don't see how. After working all week, and I'm going to have to do my homework and shampoo my hair and <laughs> cut my nails. I got to relace my shoes. <laughs> relace my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff cuts her off saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the message. Business before pleasure. See ya. And he hangs up the phone. Marsha just puts down the phone and sighs. Hmm. <clears throat> so does this boy not study? Like, why can't they do a study date? Um, well, she didn't say anything about it. I have to study. She just yeah, she said, did. I got to do my, some homework and shampoo my well, hair. Yeah, homework, study, same thing. Walk the dog like, and you know, lace my shoes and, you know. All like, that. he could have easily said, oh, well, you want to? You want me to come over and help you catch up on your homework? Or, hey, you want me to help you? You know what I mean? I think he was just like, no, I, I got gotcha. you. I think he's just <laughs> a wuss. He's trying to make it about him. That's what I think. <laughs> Well, I mean, I kind of see how Jeff feels here. At this point, I'd probably be the same way. Like, I got it. I got you. Well, I mean, you know, I'm picking up all the signs. I get it. At this point, I would probably ask or or clarify. You know, so yeah. so okay. So what you're saying is you don't have time to go out with me. Is what you're saying. And if she came back and said, "No, no, no, I want to. I just don't have time." Okay, then you know to keep trying. But if she just says, "I'm sorry," then okay, then you know that she's trying to be nice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like she's not being nice. She's totally being nice right. about it. And but I would just pick it up as I get it. You know, she's she just doesn't want to. That's mm-hmm. how I would see it too. So the way he responded, I would have done the exact same thing. I, I gotcha. just I don't like this kid because I I think he's a, a <laughs> fucking baby, and I think he's trying to make it about him. So I, just, I don't well, like. Well, he's him. he's definitely a dick later. Yeah, but. Up to this point, I think he's been pretty reasonable and pretty normal. I mean, even at this point, when I was watching it originally, I was picking up some penile vibes from him. You know what I mean? Like he was—he was already kind of getting that way. Like, yeah, <clears throat> just the way he's like, "Oh, I get. I'll see you around." Like, you don't have to be a dick about it, man. She's busy. This is her first job. She doesn't know how to balance it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I got you. All right, scene thirteen. Back at the ice cream hut. We see Marcia donning her hat and getting to work. She sees Mr. Haskell and says, sorry, my brother didn't work out, Mr. Haskell. Mr. Haskell is understanding, telling Marcia, listen, not everybody's suited for the ice cream business. Marcia asks, Mr. Haskell, would you take a chance on another Brady? Mr. Haskell asks, another brother? But Marcia corrects him saying, no, a sister. And then like a Beyonce song starts playing? No. <laughs> Mr. Haskell, clearly not understanding the scope of the Brady family, asks, do you mean the little one I met in here? (laughs) Marcia chuckles and says, no, this one's older. Mr. Haskell thinks for a moment and says, well, they say this is a woman's world now. Marcia grabs his arm and says, thanks, Mr. Haskell. And don't worry, we women won't let you down. Hmm. Marcia looks so tiny in this, didn't she? (laughs) <laughs> Maybe he's just a big guy, but she looked really tiny. So that means that kid Jeff must be really tiny too. <laughs> yeah. I think he's so. going to come in the last scene and be like, God bless us, everyone. Sorry. 
Scene 14. We now see Jan in the ice cream shop mopping the floor with Marsha and Mr. Haskell. No. No? No, not, not, not yet. Okay. And Mr. Haskell watching. Marsha beams with pride. Mr. Haskell leans into Marsha and says, She's a very good worker, Marsha. No. <laughs> no? You, you kind of led me on there. I, I know, I know. <laughs> Anyway, he says, uh, she's a very good worker, Marsha. Marsha replies, I told you, Mr. Haskell. Mr. Haskell tells Marsha, they say golf is a very relaxing game. I think I'll go out and relax 18 holes worth. Marsha tells him to enjoy himself as he leaves. Marsha tells him, and don't you worry, just leave it to us Brady girls. Jan yells, see you later, Mr. Haskell, as he leaves. Jan asks Marsha, what should I do next? Marsha tells her, Memorize all 29 flavors. Jan tells her she's already done that and asks what else. Marsha tells her, have some ice cream. <laughs> Jan, looking disappointed, tells Marsha, I came here to work, not to eat. As she walks away to find work to do, Marsha tells her, boy, your name sure isn't Peter. <laughs> and then Jan's like, no. <laughs> Marsha, I'm, it's Jan. <laughs> I am not a guy. <clears throat> um, I love how they just watch her work. <laughs> just, the only thing they're missing is ice cream. Like if the two of them were eating ice cream and watching Jan work, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Jan would kind of be a pain to work with. Jam would be one. Yeah. She seems like she'd be the kind of person that would be like, you know, you're supposed to wear your hat, you know, two inches from your eyebrows. Or, you know, she'd be that type. <laughs> like if you came out of the bathroom not wearing your hat because you took it off, you know, hat is a required part of the uniform. You know, so I'm going to tell Mr. Haskell that, you know what I mean? She's like that. <laughs> you came here to work, not to be sitting around. Even though like Mr. Haskell lets them have ice cream. Jan's like, that's yeah. not why we're here. We're not here. I can eat ice cream at home. God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when did Jan start sound like your mom? <laughs> I'll use that voice sometimes with my wife, and she, my wife will be like, "Don't, not, I'm not your mom. Please don't use that voice." <laughs> your wife and your mom sound exactly the same. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom hated Marsha too. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh wait a minute, I got it. Hold on. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. That's what my mom said. It sounds just like your mom. It is. Weird. Mom. Hmm. <clears throat> okay. Scene 15. At the ice cream counter, we see Jan taking money from someone and putting it in the register. Marsha, who's getting a drink from the water fountain, walks to pick up a customer's tray, but is beat to the punch by Jan. Hmm. Later, we see Jan at the counter, both taking money from people and making milkshakes at the same time. Uh-huh. All while Mr. Haskell is watching. Mr. Haskell, seeing this, walks to Marsha and says, Marsha, you really picked us a winner this time. No? Still not? No. 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 <laughs> All right. Marsha simply says, Yes, sir. Jan is fantastic. Huh? Is that is that uh, no, no no okay no so so uh you know Jan's like um 
taking money from the register. She's also got milkshakes going at the same time. <laughs> She's walking over. And this just like, you know, first of all, Mr. Haskell has been doing this for 20 years. Right. And this blows his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. He's like, wait, holy shit. You can I do never both thought at the same about- time? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they ran off the same power supply. <laughs> you can run. I didn't know that his mind was fucking blown right now. I thought it would have been funny if they if they show Jan doing all this work and everything, and Mr. Haskell walks over to her and goes, Marsha, I got to tell you, Jan needs to wash her fucking hands because she just handled money, and now she's handling food. <laughs> well, she didn't technically handle food. She just handled the thingies. Yeah, but still. That would have been funny. <laughs> Plus, I got to admit, that's what I was saying. I was like, ew, she's not putting on gloves or anything? That's nasty. <laughs> um, it's funny they get free ice cream but apparently they don't get free drinks because Marsha had to go to the water fountain <laughs> so I thought it was kind of funny but um, but yeah look at Jan multitasking what, what's up mm-hmm. with Mr. Haskell's suit he's walking no, up straight no, no, no. up wearing a suit like that's what he wears on his day <laughs> when it's his time to relax and find a hobby he comes in wearing a, a tie and a suit <laughs> oh. well, that was yeah, kind of weird uh, it is weird Scene 16. In the kitchen, we see Alice standing on the scale with Mike and Carol standing next to her. Alice is standing there with her foot blocking the weight. We hear Carol say, oh, come on, Alice. We don't care. Let us see. I'm fucking nosy and I didn't know that I'm lighter than you. (laughs) (laughs) It struck my ego. She moves her foot and everyone gets excited as Carol says, hey, congratulations. You lost four pounds. Alice turns to Mike and says, well, thanks to Mr. Brady and Will Power. Who is Will Power? Why are you know. talking about him? Is that the dude from Star Trek Next Generation? <laughs> that played uh, young Le- Leslie, uh, uh, Wesley Crusher? Will Wheaton? Oh, never mind. No, it's the guy that was on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I think. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. He, he was the no. rapper? Oh, it's the nerdy guy from Saved by the Bell. Nerdy guy. Wasn't that his name? Will Power? Yeah, I think you're right. Everybody called yeah. him Screech. Yeah, nailed it. We got it. We got it. Next, Mike jumps. Wait, why are they talking about him? Anyway, next, Mike <laughs> jumps up on the scale and says, well, I'm sure I lost at least five. Alice leans in, looks at the scale and says, whoops, you gained three pounds. <clears throat> Mike looks confused and says, that's impossible. Carol calls him out saying, no secret eating, huh? Mike insists saying, not a calorie. He then turns to Alice and says, listen, your scale is out of kilter or something. Mike then spots Carol stepping on the scale and moves his foot. Carol shouts, ow, you're stepping on my foot. Mike replies, that's because you're stepping on my scale. <laughs> Mike-, <laughs> Mike then picks up Carol and tries to put her on the scale. But of course, she resists. Mm-hmm. Truth is hard to take, isn't it? It is. Again, like I said before, weight fluctuates up to like five pounds a day. So it's possible that Alice gained weight and Mike lost weight and they would still have these results. Just saying. Yeah. Um, so like you're pointing out, Mike and Alice absolutely have to weigh themselves, but Carol refuses. Yeah. And she's even like, move your fucking foot. I want to yeah. see how, how fat you are. Yeah, Exactly. And not only that, but she she can't handle losing to the point where she's actually stepping on the scale to make it look like Mike failed. <laughs> That's true. 
And she didn't even uh, congratulate him because nope. if she was stepping on the scale, that means he lost a decent amount of weight. If he yeah. only gained three pounds with her stepping on it. Oh uh, yeah. So she, she didn't even give him the congratulations that Alice got. No. So by her putting her foot on the, it probably was like 12, 13 pounds. She was putting on there. With right. her foot probably pressing down a little bit. So Mike lost like 50 pounds. <laughs> no, <I'm talking. laughs> no real, Mike absolutely probably lost that five pounds he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Fucked up. <laughs> Carol should weigh herself. Yep. We demand. Carol, mm-hmm. get on that scale. Scene 17. Back at the ice cream hut. Marsha walks up to the table to take an order and realizes it's Jeff. And he's there with another girl. He politely says, yes, please. What? That doesn't make any (laughs) fucking sense. Uh, Make her say something to where he says, yes, please. Okay. Back at the ice cream hut, Marsha walks up to the table and asks if she can take their order, but realizes it's Jeff. Oh. And he's there with another bitch. Oh. <laughs> he politely says, yes, please. He smugly looks at her and says, hi, Marsha. Mm. She sharply says, hi, Jeff. Jeff puts his arm around the girl he's with and says, we'd like two lover's delight specials. <sighs> Oh, shit. If you know what I mean. And I think you do. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Marsha begins talking through her teeth, repeating the order, saying, Two lovers' delights. As she walks away, Jeff adds, Oh, could you hurry that up, please? We're going to the drive in movie. Oh, shit. If you know what that means. And I think you do. Hell yeah. And what are they going to see, Jimmy? It doesn't matter, baby. That's right. Because they ain't going to be watching. Who cares? Who cares? It don't matter. You're going to be looking at the roof of my car, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. All right, that got overboard. Um, (laughs) Marsha storms behind the counter, hands Jan a bowl, and says, Two lovers delight. Jan, who already has Marsha's back, says... The nerve of him. Mm. Marsha tells Jan, I couldn't care less. Who needs him? He can go out with anybody he wants. Jan, slightly confused, asks, then, you know, like, why are you so upset? Mm. Marsha asks, who's upset? Just because he happens to be fickle doesn't upset me. Marsha pauses, looks over at him and adds, you would think that he'd have better taste, though. (laughs) Jan looks over at her and says... I think she's kind of hot. <laughs> she kind of looks like you. <laughs> <laughs> so I read that a totally different way. <laughs> Jan's like, I'm kind of into her. I'm like, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> no, for real. Jan says, I think she's kind of pretty. Marsha argues only in a sort of obvious way. <laughs> Marsha glances over again and says, I mean, she's practically sitting on his lap. Hmm. Jan just smiles. Marsha then picks up a can of whipped cream and a napkin. Jan sees this and just smirks. Mm-hmm. She hands Marsha the bowls and says, two lovers delights. Marsha walks over with a smile and politely says, here you go. Two lovers delights. Marsha then asks, 
would you care for whipped cream? And when Jeff says, yes, please, Marsha sprays it all over the front of his shirt. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jan behind the counter just laughs. Jeff, who's upset, says, look what you did. <laughs> Marsha, pretending it was an accident, says, oh, I am sorry. As she, quote unquote, accidentally sprays it on the girl, too. <laughs> Jeff and the girl get up and leave, but not before Marsha pretends to try and wipe whipped cream off of the shirt. <laughs> Jan walks over to Marsha and points out that he had left without paying. Marsha tells Jan, this treats on me. Hmm. <laughs> She then throws her towel down on the table and says, boys, from now on, I'm going to be like you and just be get, um, <laughs> uh, dedicating myself to my own career. <laughs> Jan Confused asks, what career? Just then, Mr. <laughs> Haskell walks in through the door just in time to hear Marsha saying, now I'm afternoon manager. Soon I'll be full manager. And someday, Mr. Haskell will make me his partner. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean. <laughs> and I think you do. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Marsha finally seeing Mr. Haskell says, hi, partner. I, I mean, uh, Mr. Haskell. Mr. Haskell simply says, hello, girls. Mr. Haskell tells Jan to sit down. Mr. Haskell says, well, I did my best, but it's no good. Jan asks, what's no good? He replies, teaching an old dog new tricks. People said I needed relaxation, so I relaxed. I went to play golf, tried to get that little ball in the little hole. I almost had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Jan replies, that's too bad. Mr. Haskell adds, the best relaxation for me is going back to work afternoons. <laughs> Jan, putting two and two together, says, that means you won't need one of us. Mr. Haskell looks at Jan with a disappointed look and says, that's right, Jan. Marsha looks at Jan and simply says, tough break. Mm. Jan looks genuinely sad. Mr. Haskell looks at Marsha and says, Marsha, you're a very good worker. Marsha proudly says, thank you, Mr. Haskell. Mr. Haskell goes on saying, an employer has to take care of his best workers, right? Marsha growing even more proud says, right, with Jan looking like she wants to cry. Mr. Haskell goes on saying, like I said, you're a very good worker, Marsha, but Jan here is a little bit better. Mm. Marsha shocked simply asks, huh? Mr. Haskell adds, I'm sorry, Marsha, but if I have to make a choice, I have to choose Jan. Mm. Marsha simply throws her towel down on the table in defeat. Mm. Mm. All right. So what Jeff did here was a dick move. That was a dick move. I would never have done that. It's a petty move. Yeah. And, you know, Marsha didn't have to spray the girl, too. Like, it's not her fault. All she knows is that Jeff asked her out and she said, okay, and then went out. It's not like she knew. Well, maybe she did know. Who knows? Yeah, but if you're a gangster bitch tech, you can't help it. That's so a good Marsh point. Marsha's just gangster as hell. That's all there's to it. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, man, homeboy's ugly. <laughs> Mr. Haskell? He's really ugly. I, I find it <laughs> shocking that Marsha finds this kid attractive. <laughs> I don't know. You, you thought he was hot, didn't you? No, I wouldn't say hot. I would have poured 
poured that milkshake right on a stupid looking mullet. Like, <laughs> and it's funny because Jan was like, I think she's kind of hot when, you know, with those legs and that butt. And, um, <laughs> I love that Jan not only already knows what Marsha was going to do, but laughs about it as well. <laughs> that kind of says something. We don't see very much of Jan and Marsha's relationship. Yeah. And, in, and I know in real life, they didn't talk for a long time because I guess there was some rivalry going on. But in this episode, you kind of see what how they kind of read each other's minds sometimes, you know, how close they are. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, but also, when Mr. Haskell left, he had his suit. What happened? Or is this another day? I don't know. Um, probably another day, I assume. Okay. But as you know, <laughs> golf is so far from relaxing. <laughs> like people if you want to see Tack get pissed play golf with him Tack gets so pissed when he plays golf when he said golf is I hear is relaxing I was like no it's not nope nope <laughs> Tack would oh, hit the ball and be like motherfucker god yeah, I get so pissed <laughs> because what's more frustrating is that I get worse every time I play I just get worse and worse and worse <laughs> and then you start like Making other people feel bad because you look at me and be like, What am I doing? What? Like, you're fucking hitting it. Sorry. And because know, you like, improve every time we play, you get better <laughs> and better. And you're like, Oh, damn. And then you're like, Oh, I didn't go quite as straight as I wanted it to. I wanted to go like 400 yards, but only went 389. You know, it's like, and you're like, Where the fuck did it go? <laughs> and I hit it, and that shit like slices way to the right. And I'm like, motherfucker you know i just get so mad and then I, i'll ask you like what am i doing wrong and you're always like oh okay no. i gotta go I i'm have not to get on the cart I no and idea. go find my ball somewhere because it's so far away <laughs> i was like i don't i'm not a golf instructor i have no clue what, what people do wrong um i well, felt really bad for jan though when she thought she was losing her job <laughs> yeah. like she looked really disappointed hmm so also, my dog is like making sounds in the background, so I apologize. Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> like we all know, Jimmy. <laughs> all right, so scene 18. Back in the den, we see Marsha sitting at the table looking disappointed. Jim? No, 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 no. no. Okay. Jan begins talking, saying, Marsha, I wanted to, but is cut off by Marsha, who shouts, Don't even talk to me, you job stealer. Oh, damn. I know. She didn't have to take it that far, but no, she did. She said the S word. I know. She went there. Jan shouts back, I keep telling you it's not my fault. As the camera pans out, we realize Mike and Carol are actually sitting at the same table. <laughs> That's shocking. I'm like, Whoa, what? They're arguing like this, and Mike and Carol sit right there? <laughs> Well, they probably like wanted to step in, like no, no, no. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> Mike's like, no, let's let's see what they do. Now I was expecting <laughs> them to pull Mr. Belling, like, hey, 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 what is going on here? That's what I was expecting, but well. and then, then Will Powers comes out. Yeah, what's going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then Will Powers robot comes out talking about how he's at the space station now. Right. <laughs> Finally, Carol says, "Girls, please, nobody's at fault." I'm sure Mr. Haskins. Girls, 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 girls. I'm sure Mr. Haskins. <laughs> See who he did. <laughs> sure, Mr. Haskell just hired the person he thought was best for the job. Mike adds, "That's how it is in business." Mm-hmm. Marcia yells out in frustration, "But I got Jan the job, and she sold out one sister for twenty-nine flavors." 
<laughs> Jan, not taking any of this, yells back, Oh, Marsha, no job is worth all this. I resign. Now maybe Mr. Haskell will give you your job back. If you can be good enough. <laughs> Marsha looks at Jan and asks, Would you? Jan yells back, Yes, I would. Mike, seeing what's really going on, asks, Are you sure that's what you want to do, sweetheart? Jan, still upset, says, Positive. Just then, all this bickering is interrupted by the phone ringing. Carol gets up to answer it, saying, Hello? Yes, just a minute, please. Carol tells Marsha it's for her, telling her it's Jeff. Marsha picks up the phone and starts laying into Jeff, saying, Jeff, I just want you to know that I am not interested in anything you have to say, and that I really think that we should... But is interrupted by something. She calms down, puts her hair behind her ears, and asks, What? You just dated her to get even? And that when you came over, you said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I squirted you a squirt. (laughs) Did you count the squirts? (laughs) Well, I squirted you with the whipped cream for the same reason. Giggle, giggle. (laughs) Yeah? Really? That sounds great. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Marsha turns around and walks back to the table. Now in a great mood. She says, Jeff has something planned for us to do every afternoon next week. Jan upset (laughs) that she literally gave up a job that she she was good at and love for this bitch ass. (laughs) But what about your job? You'll be working. Marsha smiles at her and says, correction, you'll be working. I've just retired. As Marsha leaves, Carol and Mike just laugh. Mm. Just then, the sliding door opens and we see an arm holding a pizza with fanfare. Finally, Peter runs in shouting, I got it. Mike, confused and probably really hungry, smiling at pizza asks, you got what? Peter says, a job at the Leaning Tower Pizza Parlor. Everyone speaks at once to congratulate him. Peter says, it's even better than working with Mr. Haskell. Carol asks, you mean the salary? Peter explains, no. See, Mr. Haskell only has 29 flavors. The Leaning Tower has 32 kinds of pizza. I hope I can get my job long enough to eat my way through each and every one of them. Everyone just laughs as they enjoy the pizza. Hmm. So Mike's shirt goes with Carol's vest, so that's cute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Marsha is so incredibly selfish for even entertaining the idea of Jan quitting. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that is such a jerk thing to do to somebody because Jan, unlike Marsha, genuinely likes working there. She likes staying busy. She likes working and she's really good at it. And Marsha is just 100% selfish. <laughs> Wonder where she gets it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but also there's a leaning tower pizza here in Melbourne. I just passed it today. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like there's probably a lot of them around the country. <laughs> <laughs> Why was the pizza half eaten? I assume Peter ate some of it. Half the pizza? He's a growing boy. I bet he gained like three pounds. <laughs> Carol better well, get on that and start fetching them. Right. <laughs> Scene 19. It's night-night time in the Brady house, <laughs> and in the kitchen, we see Alice emerge with her robe on and her hair and curlers. Hmm. As she opens the fridge, 
she sees a note that says, look behind you. <laughs> it's not creepy at all. <laughs> As she turns to look, the kitchen lights come on. Carol and Mike have their arms crossed. As Carol says, uh-uh-uh. Alice turns around, puts her arms out as if she's sleepwalking, <laughs> and begins to walk back to her room saying, don't you know it's dangerous to wake up somebody when they're sleepwalking? <laughs> hmm. So, Carol is a fat police. <laughs> she's <laughs> such a fucking sadist. Like, yeah. What the fuck? How did yeah. that scene play out? Like, because they like, hey, I'm going to... Carol or, or Alice is in bed. And I'm gonna put a sign up in the fridge because you know you know she's gonna fucking get up and try to get food. Yeah. You fucking know she does that. And you know Carol because Alice couldn't hear. You know Carol Carol was using some mean language. You know that fat bitch is gonna get up and eat something out of food. <laughs> you you know fucking know she is. And so, well, what are we supposed to do? Well, we're gonna go down in the kitchen and wait for it to happen. Carol, like, <laughs> Carol's like, I can tell you something we're not gonna do. We ain't gonna buy a new fucking uniform because she's gaining weight. That's what we're not gonna do. <laughs> but honey, like, I have to get up in the morning. Um, no, you're gonna come downstairs with me and wait in the dark kitchen until she comes out. <laughs> I tried to to look at the clock on the on the oven, but I couldn't read it. No, because not to look. But yeah, that's what my note too. So Mike and Carol's plan was to literally stand oh, there sorry, all night. I didn't even notice that. I'm sorry. <laughs> waiting for this to happen. And what if it didn't happen? They're just going to fucking stand there like, all night? Like, <laughs> Mike could have been like, are we done with this now? Can I go to bed, please? And then what would have been funny is if they would have just given up and like started bickering about it. And Mike's like, you know what? I have to work in lunch. Just let, we're going to bed. Come on. And then forgot about the note. <laughs> <laughs> So then Carol, or, or not Carol, Alice gets up in the morning, goes to fix breakfast, and she like turns around like, what? Like, what? What the hell? What? Why what am I turning around? What the fuck is this? Yeah. And this then it'd be funny if she just left it in there, and every kid that went to get milk or juice to turn around like, what? Like, what am I looking at? Like, it'd been funny. Um, why doesn't anybody try exercise? Like, why are they only trying dieting? Because that works usually. It does, but it's also a good way to torture yourself, too. When you're younger, it's usually, you know. True, but I mean, if you're doing it for health reasons, like you have a good cholesterol and a bad cholesterol, you can lower your bad cholesterol by eating right, you know, dieting, right? Yeah. But the only way to increase your good cholesterol is by exercising. So you really have to do both. You can't, you really can't do just one. Are you a so. good cholesterol or a bad cholesterol? Well, I'm yeah. not a cholesterol at all. I quote the Wizard of Oz daily. <laughs> no, but you try to. Like I, I'm telling you, I say it all the time. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. That one was kind of yeah, yeah. It was meh. One very right. funny. We tried to make it funny with the whole. Wow, wow, wow. Hell yeah! <laughs> but not, I don't know. all right, Jimmy. So I've got some emails to read. Nice. <laughs> Plural. So this first one comes to us from Mary. Okay. Mary. <laughs> no, no. No, that's not that kind of email? Okay. No. So she says, uh, the title of the subject of this email is The Late Show, which we've heard a few notes oh, okay. back on this, but she's actually the first one to message us about this. Um, okay. So it says, Tack and Jimmy, I love your podcast. You always make me laugh, and nice. I look forward to it every week. On your last episode, you talk about Greg watching The Late Show. Right. 
This didn't refer to a talk show, but rather a generic term for movies that ran late at night. This was just, this was in the days when networks didn't broadcast 24-7. I remember two that ran in the New York area and found the opening sequence for them on YouTube. Screenshots attached, which she uh, took some screenshots and it shows the late show, you know, all that. She says, uh, keep up the hilarity. I'm hoping you move on to the Andy Griffith show. But whatever you choose, I certainly, I'll certainly be listening. Mary. Hmm. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, notes about the explaining what the late show is, but she okay. was the first. She was the first one. So. Nice. That's interesting. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. That explains the episode. <clears throat> Indeed. All right. Our next one comes to us from Christopher. And Christopher says, I got to thank you, too. I grew up on the Brady Bunch, and I know every episode. Oh, that's awesome. Your podcast <laughs> has me laughing out loud all day. <laughs> I listen to back-to-back episodes as I go through my work day. Hilarious stuff, guys. <laughs> hey, thanks, Christopher. I appreciate that. When I, uh, Christopher, look, I'd be curious to know, like, like, what did you think of season? Like, would you be interested in hearing us redo season one? Because that's come up a couple of times, and... uh so people like Chris, I'm interested to hear, like, you know, is that something you'd want to yeah. hear or are you okay with the way season one is, is as it is? So. Yeah, we've got a few listeners kind of say that, you know, hey, you guys going to redo season one? What's going mm-hmm. on? So we could do that. I mean, but what would happen was the way I see it happening in fairness is leaving it in, in its entirety right now, like as it is, yeah. and then doing a, what would be, I guess, a season seven, but covering the first season of the Brady Bunch. So really, we would have two oh, first you. seasons of the Brady Bunch because that's—I yeah. mean—because you had some good guests on on season one. It yeah. would be a little bit unfair to do, redo season one like that. So yeah. All right, and our last email for tonight comes to us from Rick. <clears throat> Rick says, "Smile if you love Melinda." <laughs> no, okay. No. All right. Rick says, "Just listen to your HGTV Brady Bunch House podcast." The remember the episode we did on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And wanted to say that this is actually kind of cool, Jimmy. And wanted to say that the company I work for made the kitchen cabinets for the Brady house. Really? She goes, uh, I saw them at the time and didn't know <laughs> didn't know they were for the Brady house and thought those are butt ugliest cabinets <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> Brown, orange, and green. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> he said... He goes, uh, I bet they have shag carpeting too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait a minute. He did them for the, the renovation? Yeah, I guess. The oh, I thought he meant for coming. the original. Okay. All right. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. For the renovation. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That's cool. If you look on um, our Facebook group, I'm sorry, our Facebook page, I had posted something a long, long time ago, and it was a horror movie that... Yeah. Um, that they did on the Brady Bunch set. And it's oh, about these yeah. like spiders that can catch people on fire. And they yeah. actually lit the Brady Bunch set on fire what? and burned it. Yeah. And if you watch the video, part of you is like, no, that's such an iconic set. But he might really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> he might enjoy watching that burn. That's not the same was one you made, like, but still. Was this like after season five? Like, hey, we're done with the set. Yeah, they so they actually repainted want. it all green. The kitchen hmm. and everything is painted green, yeah. and they light the whole thing on fire. Yeah, they they use those Brady Bunch sets for a lot of different shit. 
I don't know. Like, there's a lot of, like, I think there was an episode of, was that Mixon show? Maxon show? What was the name of that other, uh-huh. that other Paramount um Well, yeah, vehicle. but that was when Brady Bunch was filming. Yeah, but so they had the set, Paramount this owned was, the set. So this was, like, it was used for a lot of, like, the living room you'll see, like, in a, a movie somewhere. Or you'll oh, see okay. it, like, on a, an hour drama or something. They'll shoot, like, in the living room. It looks exactly the same. Huh. And because uh, they reused it so many times, and you're like, how the fuck are they, they think they can get away with that? I don't think <laughs> it exists anymore. I think they destroyed it. No. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Anywho, so I uh, appreciate you, Mary, Christopher, Definitely. and Rick. Those are Heck awesome. Yeah. We love hearing from you guys. Hell Those yeah. are cool. That is cool about the, the cabinets. I mean, it's awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if Rick got to go see the house since he worked for the company. Yeah. I wonder if he could, they let him go see the house. You know, you say, oh, I got to check on the, my cabinets that I made. You know, I got to check exactly. on make sure they're say still that, opening you know, and, you know. It's full support. You know what I mean? I got to go support <laughs> what I made, you know. That's right. All right, guys. Well, we uh, we had fun here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show. We're not racist or sexist. Hell no. And we would also personally like to thank our producers from Patreon. Um, of course, we're talking to Ginny and Jim mm-hmm. um, because they're the OPs. They're the ones that started it all. Excuse me. They're the ones that got that ball rolling. So uh, we mm-hmm. do appreciate it. So, cause without you guys, uh, this wouldn't be possible. So we do thank you tremendously. Mm-hmm. Your homework assignment. If you choose to accept it, mm-hmm. check out the website, www.averybradypodcast.com. Do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and CastBox, because that really helps us out a lot. If you can do a rate and review, that kind of helps the podcast get pushed up in the rankings and all that. And It lets um, Apple know what you think of us, basically. Yeah. Also, um, when it comes time to look for advertisers, the ratings and stuff play a big handle on it. Indeed. So, So, yeah, we'd appreciate it. Tell two friends about the show, or like we always say, if not, you know, go to a sleazy bathroom and write it on the bathroom wall. Because yeah. you know those kind of those kind of people that frequent those places, you know they listen to Brady Bunch podcasts. Mm-hmm. Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very Brady Podcast at gmail.com Join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun at a very Brady Facebook group. If you'd like to be a producer, check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash a very Brady Podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. I don't know if you saw my latest Instagram, but I paused it at a certain time. And of course I'm a sucker for both of us are suckers for when people make funny faces when you pause it. Yeah. And so of course <laughs> I had to bust out <laughs> the um, Snapchat filters. And oh. so if you, I don't know if you've seen it, but if you go on the Instagram, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Instagram filters of Marsha making a fucked up face. It's, it's just fun. <laughs> I haven't so, seen it yet. I'll, yeah. So if you want to go see check those, out, I'm going to go check out our Instagram. Yeah. So if you see those, uh, if you want to see those, check out our Instagram at a very pretty podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook and get real time updates. So if we're going to be late releasing an episode, that's where you're going to find out. Go check out the retro network. If you like things retro, you like old TV shows like this, you'll love the retro network. They talk about a lot of generation X stuff, but they really talk about everything. So go check them out at the retro network.com. Check out our T Public store for merch, and the link is in the description of every episode, really. Got shirts and stuff. Our new shirt, Box It Like a Boss, Boom. is out now. Um, also, remind people to send in audio clips. No, why did I say it like that? Um, 
<laughs> don't, don't forget to send in the audio clips. Um, if you want to, you don't have to, if you want to like, uh, Rick, we would love for you to, I mean, we would love for people like you to get it. Cause you know, the episode so well, um, if there's anything coming up that you're like, you know what? This always kind of bugged me that if you look in the background, and you see this or the way Carol's a fucking Nazi when it comes to weighing people or whatever mm-hmm. kind of opinions you have, do a, a video. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just do a video. Or if you have the ability to do an audio clip, just, you know, kind of describe the scene. Hey, you know, that one scene where they're in the kitchen weighing everybody, you notice that Carol's being such a B word about it and then send it to us. And it will not only play it during that scene, but also react to it. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it'll be like you're here, but not here. It's like, you can read what's inside me. <laughs> exactly. And very last and very not least, go check out the Brady Bunch. Go mm-hmm. watch the Brady Bunch. You know, you want to watch the Brady Bunch and tack here. Yeah. It's going to tell you how you can get started. All right, so what you're going to do is watch the next episode as your homework, Season 5, Episode 8, entitled My Brother's Keeper. So if you're like, what's that one about? Well, Bobby saves Peter from potential serious injury after he pushes him out of the way of a falling ladder. A grateful Peter... (laughs) I I have a grateful Peter. (laughs) A grateful Peter offers to become Bobby's, quote, slave for life. Jeez. Something that Bobby takes quick advantage of. Hmm, doesn't sound like Bobby. <laughs> no? Not like that? <laughs> no, you nailed it. <laughs> okay. That's where it needs to go, Jim. There you, you go. got it now? <laughs> there you got it. <laughs> All right. Well, unless you have anything else, Tack? Nope. Nope. Okay. Well, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.